You're listening to the Heather Duplessis Allen Drive podcast from Newstalk ZB. International Correspondence with NZI Insurance. Peace of mind for New Zealand business. Murray Olds, Australia correspondent with us. Hey, Muzz. Afternoon, Heather. Good afternoon. Muzz, Albanese's a Republican. He's going to swear allegiance to the king. That doesn't seem weird to me. Is that controversial with you guys? Well, look, there has been some debate because, of course, like so many leaders from around the world, particularly the Commonwealth, he is now in London for uh, the coronation this weekend. Would he swear allegiance? Because he is a lifelong Republican, as you say. He has actively campaigned all his life to have an Australian as, as the head of a straight of state for Australia. But yes, uh, he met the King. He met King Charles on Tuesday, Buckingham Palace, and uh, subsequently had an interview with Piers Morgan, the uh, odious Piers Morgan, as far as many people are concerned over here. Uh, And he did confirm that, yes, he will swear allegiance. He will say, where's the quote I've got here? Uh, The quote is, he will be saying, now I can't, but he will find it. It doesn't matter. (laughs) Suffice to say that, um, yes, you are the king of all, the undoubted king of Australia, defender of all. There, I found it. Goodness me, I'm losing the plot. But uh, he says he's not doing that uh, as an individual. He's doing it as the prime minister of the country. And Australia rejected in 1999 the notion uh, by referendum, the notion that uh, Australia should become a republic. He said that remains the case. And while ever that's the case, he will, he's happy to swear uh, allegiance to the king uh, and the monarchy because he's doing so as a representative of the country, not himself, not the, you know, the Labor Party. And I think most people will get that, Heather. There has been this debate. Will he, won't he? And he's, he, he's ended the debate. And I think most people are going to be pretty happy with it. Yeah, OK, I'm pleased to hear that. Now, why has New South Wales Act the plan curriculum reform? Because, look, the place is going backwards. Um, we've had now for... Maybe two generations of schooling, maybe a bit longer, um, a thing called a NAPLAN test. And it measures kids' progress, boys and girls, year three, say, you know, um, about seven or eight years of age, 11 and then 15, 16 at the back end of, of, of high school. So there are these kind of snapshots taken um, at least three times, possibly four. I'm just trying to think now. Certainly three times through their schooling life. 13 years of school from primary through to finish of high school. Mm. And Australia, not just New South Wales, Australia has been going backwards. You know, Bolivia's got better English than kids in Western Sydney, for God's sake. So um, what the new government, there's a brand new government come in here, as you know, the Labor government's come in, and it says, guess what? We're not going to introduce brand new animal husbandry courses for kids in year three who are seven. We're going to actually focus on things that are going to make a material difference long term to these children. And that, and that is maths and English. The two core subjects that must be taken all the way through school. Uh, there's a feeling here and, uh, you know, there are critics who are saying, Oh, you're just bloody lefties. You labor a lot. Um, but the feeling is that, you know, without that, that renewed focus on those two key subjects, the results for Australian children are just going to keep going backwards. Now, New South Wales, we've got the population of New Zealand, and the kids here just are not performing. The, the, the hope is by not eliminating, but certainly scaling back a lot of the extracurricular stuff that was going to be imposed on the, on the broad curriculum, they're going to get this new focus, get better results in the key subjects. Yeah, good stuff. Muzz, um, has that uni strike, the staff strike, been disruptive? Uh, look... 
Apparently not. Uh, I mean, look, if, if you go to um, a university campus, I've, I vividly remember University of Canterbury, uh, not much time spent in lecture theatres, really. We're in the cafe, in, in the cafe having coffees and bugger all time in the library. Yeah. We're down at the pub. Um, but yes, look, it, it, it's a serious, it, it is a, a, a very serious thing over here. It's about tenure and uh, only 30%, the estimate is only 30% of university staff uh, academic staff actually have permanent jobs. Most of them are on casual contracts. And they've had enough of it. They've had a gutsful. They're saying, listen, universities are very uh, profitable businesses. Uh, we struggle to, you know, for example, get home loans. Uh, if you're only on a casual employee basis, uh, the bank will say, mm, you know what, we're not keen on giving you the money for a home loan, for example. And they're saying it's time we had a, a, a complete overhaul uh, of the sector. Earlier this year, of course, the University of Melbourne taken to court uh, for underpaying the academic staff it already had on its books. And that is not an isolated incident. There's a lot of discontent in the sector and they're saying we want better paying conditions. Um, so we are on strike now and it won't be the last strike unless you come to the party and start talking. Good stuff, Buzz. Thanks for that. Talk Thanks, to you again Heather. next week. Murray Olds, Australia correspondent. For more from Heather Duplessis Allen Drive, listen live to News Talk ZB from 4 p.m. weekdays or follow the podcast on iHeartRadio.